Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Uh, it's such a joy. It's another Friday already. It looked like it was Monday just a few hours ago, and it's Friday again. Wow. God is good. I want to thank God for your lives. Thank God for our viewers from all over the world. Again, it's another privilege, opportunity to bring the Word of God that can change your life forever to your doorsteps. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of this service. We thank all our viewers from all over the world, uh, the African continent, the European continent, the North American continent, and our local assembly here. We want to thank God for the Ontario province. We thank God for people from Alberta, uh, British Columbia, as well as Calgary, uh, and also in the GTA. We welcome you and our local content in the Niagara Peninsula here. We want to say God bless you. Thank God for your lives, for your home. Like the word of God has said, only shouts of rejoicing shouts of celebration will be heard in your tabernacle and so shall it be in the name of jesus christ uh, i want to use this opportunity to quickly remind you it's bible study for you to get your bibles and get your writing materials it's important to write these things down because things we write down we don't forget and uh, we always have a point of reference to go back from time to time to, to um, remind ourselves again of the things we have learned so that our spirit man can be energized to function in the capacity God has created it for. Amen. Praise God. All right, if you've done that, we'll just have a quick word of prayer again. Father, anoint your word. As we begin this new series, let it mix with faith in the hearts of your children. Let it produce intended fruits you have desired of their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. Yes, we are starting a new series today. It's going to be a four-part series. It's a series that is making us focus on discovering who we are. We ought to know what manner of persons we have become. We must understand ourselves in the sight of creation and understand ourselves as children of the Most High. I believe that a lot of us, especially in this 21st century, have not done enough in trying to discover who we are. I believe that as children of the Most High, we are incredible beings. And um, we should also understand the nature. Uh, we should understand by revelations the things that have taken place in our lives uh, so that we will not live or settle for less. We will live the kind of life that he came to die for, the kind of life he gave us on a platter of gold. But you see, we can't live this life when we don't understand it. And um, tonight we are going to bring in the first layer of the foundation of that life to understand creation itself how we were brought up the materials that developed us 
and so on and so forth. Uh, we'll see how far we can go today. And uh, I want you to please pay attention to this series. It's going to help you. It's going to help your Christian life, your Christian work, your destiny. Your life will be of the better after you experience uh, a series like this. So this is the part one of a series. And uh, uh, I just want to lay a few things down and I'll give you the title of this. So it's, it's Who Am I series. That's what I've titled it, Who, I am, who am, am I? Oh, yeah. And uh, so in this journey, I want to start from the beginning to see what God had in mind, how he created us, and so forth, so on and so forth. Uh, I want you to know that God is a triune God. That's where I'm starting from. God, a triune God who created man in his image in a triune way. A triune God created a triune man. Triune because if you turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, in the beginning, you see when man was being created, God, the Trinity, came together and said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man, and that includes you, ladies and gentlemen, when you are being formed. This is the human race coming to existence, and you are part of the human race because it's not the date you were born. You see, in the very beginning, you had been in the mind of God, so you should know that for a very long time ago, you had been in the mind of God. You were only birthed into existence the day you said it's your date of birth. You had been in the mind of God. Can we all say that this morning? I have been in the mind of God even before the creation of the world. Yes, you had been there. You have, a, you have been around a long time ago but in the mind of God. You have been in the mind of God. Praise God. That should give you a different perspective to who you are. Praise God. Now, in Genesis 1.26, something happened according to the scriptures. That was when this, this thing came up. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man to look like us and to function like us. Let him do the same things we do. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, and all over the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God had this idea to bring in the human race, to bring them into existence. He had them in mind. He wanted to bring them to existence. So what did God do? God did what we are seeing here. The Bible says after that in Genesis 2, uh, he formed man, and then he breathed man into existence. He, he, did, he did breathe life into man, and man became a living soul. So I would like to quickly demonstrate that. Now, this is how it all started. This is the spirit of God, spirit of man, soul. Man. Hallelujah. Now, uh, if you look at the board very well, uh, this is a diagram that summarizes what uh, 
what happened. So, this is how it all happened. The Spirit of God breathed, breathed into man. Man, the highest form of the existence of man is the spirit, and the lowest form of his existence is the body. So during the process of breathing into man, man became a living soul. What had never existed was given birth to here, a living soul. Inside this soul, you have the mind, you have the will, and you have the emotions. Praise God. Okay, I'm going to be using that diagram a lot today, so we'll, we'll, we'll take it as we're going. Praise God. Um, so the triune God created the triune man. The triune God, the Bible says, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So the triune God created the triune man who has spirit. Man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. So we can see this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So the triune God gave birth to a triune man. We know the story. He breathed into man. The Spirit of God breathed into man, and man becomes a living soul. So, thank you, Jesus. So, we'll start by saying, who am I? I am created by a triune God. I am a triune being. That's where to start from. I believe I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live inside a body. So that's the first answer to the question, who am I? But I need to understand myself in these three areas. Praise God. I talked about the highest part of the human nature. I talked about the lowest part, which is his body, comes from clay. Praise God. So what happened after creation? Satan approached the soul of man. This is where the battleground is. This thing that became a living soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, becomes the battleground. Notice, Satan did not attack the spirit of man. He attacked the soul of man. He gave man... Uh, he tempted man. He gave man an option to derail 
from this vertical alignment with God. He wanted to cut man out of that relationship. He knew that when man makes a decision out of this alignment, uh, he has done something to man. This spirit of man is no more alive to God. It's alienated from God. So that was the strategy. But again, hear me out. Satan started with attacking the soul. This is where your battleground is. You must understand that as a man. Where you are going to be attacked is in the area of your soul. Praise God. Who am I? We are still answering the question. You are a triune being. Understand that any battle you are going to face, any, any war, spiritual war you are going to face, is going to be in the area of your soul. Praise God. I'll still break these things down and explain more later why is it your soul and so on. Praise God. So the result, after the attack, after man tricked, uh, after the devil tricked man, uh, gave him a temptation, and uh, he slid by the temptation, the result, man's spirit died. Man's spirit was cut off, was alienated from God. Let's cut this place off. So God was there, man was here. Praise God. Number two, the soul became a lost rebel. The soul became lost. The, the soul became lost. He became under the control of Satan. Became a lost rebel. So that's why every unregenerated man, everyone that hasn't restored that relationship back to God, is under the control of Satan. That's why I pity some people who say they will marry unbelievers no matter what. I said, I normally tell such people, yeah, you're welcome to make the devil himself your in-law. And uh, I tell you, I don't think it's going to be a good relationship. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God that God did not leave man in this state when all this happened. Thank God he didn't leave man in this state. Immediately, his mercy, in his mercy, he did something. Uh, every time I go over this story, I always appreciate God that man was not left in this horrible state. What could have been the destiny of man? That's why I'm saying to everybody out there, if you haven't made amends, this is a day to make amends too. There came, so God in his mercy introduced the one that is known in the scriptures as the last Adam, the one that came in the fullness of time. <laughs> he was not last as a result of being the last numerically in the human race, but he was last. Last because of what? Last to have the evil inheritance. When he died, he buried all the evil inheritance when he died and was buried, he buried with himself every 
thing we have inherited from the fallen Adam. Everything the first Adam brought, he buried it. And that's powerful. Please begin to understand who you are. In Christ Jesus, he buried every baggage, every sin, every nature of sin, every sickness, every disease, everything that was given as a result of this satanic attack on the first Adam. When he, when he died and was buried, every of such was buried with him. And it was blocked off and shot away, every evil inheritance. I want you to say that. When Christ died, when Christ died on my behalf, on the cross of Calvary, every evil, every evil, oh, you got to say it like you mean it. Every evil, every evil inheritance was blocked off, was shot away, was buried forever on my behalf. So when that took place, when that took place, something, there was an implication. He did not only die and bury it. We would have still been in the same situation if he just died and buried it. But the Bible says, when he rose, I also did what? I rose with him. A new race was given birth to. I will call it in my own terms, the Emmanuel race. He rose up. God and man became one. Praise God. I will still explain that part to us later in this series, how you are one with God. And don't ever let it leave your mind that you are not who you used to be. The moment that transaction took place on Calvary. You see, every one of us, when we were born into this world, we are still at this state. That's why we, the Bible makes us to understand we are all born in sin. When we were given birth to, we had not done anything. We had not done anything. We have not offended any man. We have not hurt any man. But the Bible still says we are born in sin. Why? We were sinners not because of what we have done or what we have not done. We are sinners by nature. The nature of sin was inherited. But there has been a provision well over 2,000 years ago that is made for us. That the day I make up my mind that I've accepted that love, I've accepted that sacrifice, I've received the love of God, the Bible says I've become a new creation. Now, all that I've been saying now begins to make sense. Now that I've stepped into the shoe of Christ, Christ has stepped into my shoe, he replaced me on the cross, the penalty of the sin nature has been paid for, and I've received it by faith, what happens? There's a transaction. That day when he died, all my own evil nature, my sinful nature had died and was buried. And I also, I rose with him. Now because I've risen with him, I belong to that Emmanuel race. That is who I am. I am one with God. Now the more conscious I am 
about this reality gives expression to my life in a new dimension. Now I need to grow in the understanding of this new reality. That is why we are taking this series, Who Am I? You got to understand, precept upon precept, line upon line, what took place on your behalf that has given you this new status. Can I hear a good amen? So that is one of the reasons, uh, because man cannot know himself apart from what the word of God says about him. So you have to understand. And the Bible says, let God be true and let every other man be what? He lies. So what God says about you is the final authority. Praise God. So when he was buried, like I said earlier, the evil inheritance was buried with him and was blocked off and shot away. When he rose, a race that had never existed before, a combination of God and man was now birthed. We are now new creations in who? In Christ Jesus. On that resurrection Sunday, after rising from the dead, after the price had been paid in full, after Jesus had proclaimed the victory for the human race, something happened. He went to meet those 35 disciples somewhat. And the Bible says, he breathed a fresh breath on them. Praise God. He breathed, the same one that breathed upon the man in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. I mean, uh, Genesis chapter 2 now, sorry. The same one that breathed upon man and man became a living soul in Genesis chapter 2. The same one breathe again for the first time in history into the lives of the ones who had the fallen Adamic nature. That was the time they received the new life. Hallelujah. The old creation was reenacted into a new creation. Glory be to God. The same person who breathed in the Garden of Eden, breathed again, praise God, and the breath, a totally new kind of life was given birth to. A life that has and overcomes sin, overcomes the grave, overcomes death, overcomes hell. The life that overcomes Satan himself was breathed into humanity. That's why the word of God says, as many that receive him, to them he gave power to, come, to become the sons of God. Yes, you have become a believer in Christ Jesus. The only way to be a Christian is by meeting Jesus through the Holy Ghost. No other way. You can't be a Christian because you filled the membership form. You can't be a Christian because you joined the church. You can't be a Christian because you signed your card in the welcome card of a church. What makes you a Christian is that personal meeting with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the one that brings you to Christ. Whether you knew it or not, the day the altar call was made, the day you came to Christ, I'm now letting you know it was the Holy Spirit that brought you to him. Praise God. And that's the only way you can become a new creation. That's how you join the Emmanuel race. That's how you join the race of God and men are now one. They are union. I'm still going to get there. What it means to be one with God, that you are in union with God, what does it mean? Because all these things, we have to break it down and for you to understand who I am. I'm too sure after this kind of study, the way you carry yourself will be different. I assure you that in the name of Jesus Christ. Please let us follow this because when you, re when you receive this life, this new life, oh, I don't want to remove this, but uh, let me see whether I can. I can squeeze it in here. Because as time goes on, I'm going to explain what is in your new nature. Amen? You see, what is on the inside of you is divine. Everybody say divine. It's eternal. Eternal. Indestructible. Praise God. It's divine. It's eternal. It's indestructible. It's incorruptible. It is undefeatable. You can write it down. That's the characteristics of the nature you have now. It's a divine nature. It's not ordinary. You carry on the inside of you the nature of God. What makes God God is on the inside of you. He taught his own life to give you a life. Zoe. These are the descriptions. And we are still going to go over it one by one in this series. Who you are. Because that's, you, you have become divine. You share divinity. You are divinity in human vessel. You know that? Oh, we, we're going to, we're going to, please, do everything, don't miss this series. Hello? Because a new, you need a fresh perspective of who you are. And you know what brings this, what brings this nature out? The consciousness of you knowing. Many Christians, every child of God has this nature on the inside of them, but many are not conscious of it. Even people who know it are not conscious of it. Those who are conscious are not living in it. So you must change your approach. You are a different species. That's what the Bible calls us. You are a, junior, a chosen generation, a royal priest, a peculiar set of people called to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you say a, a peculiar set, I mean a, a chosen generation, a royal priest, a peculiar set of people, another translation says a special species. That's who you are in truth. You are divine. You are eternal. You are incorruptible. You are indestructible. You are undefeatable. That's the nature you have. 
This is what's inside of you when you are a child of God. Praise God. If I were you, I'm going to memorize that. I'm going to put it in my spirit. Amen. So I want to quickly talk about the relationships between the spirit, soul, and body. Because you must know how you function as well. The relationship between the spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. And that is where I'm tilting this message towards. I'm not sure I'll be able to, to finish it. Uh, I'm tilting the message today towards this. Are you spiritual or are you soulish? Are you a spiritual person? Are you here? Is this part of your life strong? Or this is where you are so strong? If you are here, if you are stronger here, you are soulish. That's not the plan of God. Listen to me. I'm not saying you shouldn't be strong in the area of your soul. But when your spirit or when your soul is stronger than your spirit, there is a problem. You will not be able to live the life God has called you to live. Hello? You must be very strong in your spirit. Your spirit must always be strong. You know why? Where did I say the devil attacked? Where? So. He will only win in the area of the soul if your spirit man is not stronger than this. I'll show you from the scriptures. I'm not giving you theory on why your spirit, you just don't have a choice. Your spirit man has to be strong. And there are things you do to your spirit to be strong. There are things you do to your soul to be strong as well. I'm not saying you should have a weak soul. No, your soul should be strong too. But you will, and that is what is happening in the world. Many people, even unbelievers, are strong in the soul. Praise God. But no matter how strong you are in the soul, it's food for the enemy. Are you getting me today? The one thing that conquers is this. And why does he conquer? Because he has conquered for you. Praise God. So the question I'm asking you today is, are you spiritual? Or are you soulish? There is a big difference. Some people don't agree. Some school of theology don't even agree that there is difference between the soul and the spirit. Yes, there is difference. Amen? Hebrews 4.12. Let's go there today. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Please put it on the screen for the people of God. It says... For the word of God is quick. Everybody say, thank God his word is not slow. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Can you see that? He divides the soul and spirit, of whom the, and joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There's nothing else that divides or shows us that the soul and spirit is different other than the word of God. The word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper. It's a mirror with which you look at your life. Praise God. But as a Christian, it's also an x-ray 
not just an, a mirror. It's also an x-ray. Praise God. No other way to divide between spirit and soul other than the word of God. Praise God. That's, I mean, I just want you to quickly note that. And when you become a Christian, there are some effects of the new birth. You can quickly write this down because my time is far going. I won't be able to explain this, but write it down for today. Effect of salvation. I want you to know that when you have given your life to Christ, there are some things that salvation effects. Number one is that the new birth, the new birth gives you to become alive. Your spirit becomes alive. Your spirit becomes alive. You are no longer dead. A man who is born again has a new life. Praise God. Number two, the new life restores your contact with God. When you become born again, this is what happens. This thing that the enemy erased is restored. It's restored. Number three, the new life, salvation, it releases the devil. It releases the believer from the influence of the devil. The devil has no more influence when you become a Christian. Although the Bible says be sober, be vigilant, it's still like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he has no influence over you. Salvation cuts away the influence of the devil. Are you with me? Number four, it restores God's program of relationship. Look, what's God's program of relationship? Spirit of God speaks to the spirit of man. The spirit of man speaks to the soul or controls the soul or directs the soul. I'll take that again. God's spirit directs the spirit of man. The spirit of man directs the soul. The soul now directs the body to carry out whatever it decides. You see that? So God's spirit directs man's spirit. Man's spirit directs the soul. The soul directs or controls the body. Spirit does not deal directly with the body. Not in this era. Not now. But the time is coming when we have resurrected. That's the next big event we are looking forward to, which is called the rapture. That is when we don't have to deal with the soul anymore. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good. Amen? That's when your spirit has direct control over your body. But let me quickly tell you this, because this is why 
it's also a unique experience for us. That's why you don't joke with what I'm about to tell you now. Who can tell me experience in this dispensation and generation that boycotts the soul and has direct influence over your body? Because of our time, anyway. I won't wait for you. I wanted you to respond via the, the chat, but because of our time. Amen? That is why the speaking in tongues experience is a unique experience. It's a phenomenal experience. That is the only time when the spirit has direct influence over the body. The soul is boycotted. Praise God. That's why you should pray in tongues more. Amen? There is something about the human body that can respond even to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So, again, I'm still talking about the relationship between the spirit, soul, and body. Starting with the function of the spirit. The spirit, this is the summary of the spirit. The spirit is God conscious. Write it down. Spirit God conscious. Soul is self-conscious. And the body is world conscious. Again, the spirit is God conscious. The soul is self-conscious. And the body is world conscious. To be God-conscious releases us from being selfish and self-centered. See, that's why I'm telling you that the spirit must be stronger than this. You are in trouble as a Christian if this one is stronger, because this one is all about self. Self, it's me, I, myself, I. Not God's counsel, not God's will. You see people arguing on an issue. What is God saying? I don't care. Why don't they care? Because it's about who? It's about them. See? It takes you away from your Christian track. It takes you away from your Christian responsibility when you allow this. Praise God. You see, I asked the question in the beginning, are you spiritual or are you soulish? Soulish people are always selfish, self-centered. And it is only the spirit of God in the department of the spirit of man, if that is strong, by the influence of it, that you can be released of this. Because self always gets us in trouble. You can see that all over the scriptures. Whenever someone is wrapped up in himself or herself, living in the realm of the soul, that's, that's what he's doing. When it's just about you, it's self, it's how you feel, it's how you, you understand. You don't care about any other thing. You're living in the soulish realm. Praise God. That's not the plan of God. You are living in the realm of the soul. You are being soulish. And the body will only carry out whatever the spirit and the soul 
whatever the spirit and the soul are. Oh, sorry, somebody's posting a question. Please, yes, post the questions online. Perhaps we'll just take a few more minutes and we'll be able to answer the questions. Please feel free to post the questions. Uh, amen. So, uh, so let's talk about the spirit of man a little bit. Let's talk about the function of the spirit. You see, the spirit is responsible for union of uncommon un and is, is responsible for the uncommon union and communication with God. Union is, the spirit is, the function of the spirit is this uncommon union. You can write it down. It's an uncommon union and communication with God. That's what he's responsible for. You see why I call it uncommon union now. Praise God. It's responsible for that. There's a statement, a startling statement in 1 Corinthians 6.17. Let's quickly look at that. It's one of the most unique verses. Let's start from 16. 1 Corinthians 6, 16, and 17. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Look at the comparison. He's saying he's going from argument of the lesser to the greater. That's one of the theological ways of proving something. Uh, if uh, if uh, he did not spare his own son, how much more? Do you understand? That's arguing from lesser to the greater. Those are theological, uh, I mean, theological ways which arguments are made in the scriptures. So here again, an argument is being made by Paul that don't you know that, look at how less, how dirty that could be. In oneness with the allot. You see, union, whether it is physical or spiritual, produces something. When union is in the flesh, it produces the flesh. When union is in the spirit, it produces in the spiritual. So he's trying to tell us here, he's arguing from the lesser to the greater here again, that look, if being one with an harlot will make you one, because whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever, that's where you get sexual transmission, the transmitted disease or whatever. Whatever is on the body of one is transmitted to the other because they have become one. So he's telling us here too now, and watch what the word of God says. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He didn't say one soul. One spirit. In the spirit, that is where we unite. This is the place we unite with God. Hello? So if I'm joined together with the Lord, is my spirit one with him? 
Of course, yes. God bless you. One spirit with the Lord, not the soul. Direct personal union with God. This is a great privilege that many of us don't know this is who we are. That's why you can't pluck me from his hands. The moment I, an attempt is made to pluck me from his hands is because I'm not living in the consciousness that I'm one with him. If you want to take me, you've got to take God first. And, and you need to live in that consciousness every day. You see why the fight is the fight of faith, not to fight the devil. The Bible never says fight the devil because it's a defeated foe. He said fight the fight of faith. For you to stand and stay in this nature and this character that you have become by faith. Stay there. Praise God. Oh, glory be to God. I hope you are getting something out of this today. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So it's direct personal union with the Lord. What's the activity that we have that brings us one with the Lord? What's that activity? I'll tell you because of our time. It's worship. It's worship. That's the highest activity of human being in union with God. You know, I say, I'm not just telling you statements. I'm telling you how to do it, how to get there. That's worship. Worship is so powerful. Believers joke with worship. When it's time for worship, believers are not even in for worship. You hear people say the service has not started and worship is going on. That's your time of union with God. That's how you get united with him. And you take this same worship. Some people, there are two sides of it. Some people, it's only in church they worship. They don't get to worship at all. They don't build worship around them. I was still commending one, one of my, one of the members of the church today, somebody I hold so dear to my heart. I said, I see what you're doing to your kids. Thank you. God bless you. Because I could see the difference in the kids. The kids can now worship God. They can worship God. They know when it's time to worship. From the smallest to the highest, they pay attention. They, they throw their hands in the air. I say, thank you for being an example. You are giving them what money can buy. That's good. Train them. Teach them. Nobody was born with this. Sit down with them. When worship comes, I see some, some, some parents are not even conscious of this. And that's why sometimes they grow up and when it's worship time, it's boring. It's boring. Why? They've got into an age now. It's now more difficult to train them. Teach them. Let them love the presence of God. And you yourself demonstrate it. Don't, don't, don't be paying different attention. I want to speak to the mothers. Praise God. There's a woman, the one who gave birth to the Wesley mothers. She had 19 kids to take care of. How many kids are you taking care of and you say you're overwhelmed? The kids know when it's worship time. She creates an atmosphere around worship. The kids know that when worship is going on, this is not time to mess around with mommy. They can mess around some other time. You can, you can tell, you can do all. But when it's worship, they know there's an atmosphere. This is not time to misbehave. You're going to get it. 
the, the rod and staff is going to comfort you. So they're going to behave themselves. I love that. Worship. It's not a time you joke with because that's your union with God. That's, that's you nursing your oneness with God. Whew. That's you investing in the most important part of your destiny. Your oneness with God. Are you listening to me, people of God? Praise God. So we are still talking about the spirit. How the spirit relates with the rest. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. So fathers, mothers at home, I'm speaking to you. Create that atmosphere in your home. Create that atmosphere not only in your life, but in your home. Let the atmosphere around your home speak of, because worship, that is the highest activity of the human being in productive union with the Lord. Like I said, when that union goes place, it produces something. A union in the physical will always produce. You say you are one body, it will produce something. A union also, when you are in one spirit, it produces something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, it produces, the spirit produces God's attitude and character in you. That's what begins to happen. Sometimes, sometimes when you look at some believers and you say, well, I don't understand. <laughs> this attitude and this character doesn't look like the Jesus you proclaim. That's what's happening. You understand? They have not learned to fuse with him. They've not learned to be in union with him. They do it by lips. It has happened by revelation. But in practicality, it's not working. There's no change. There's no transformation. There's no union. Look at it in the physical. Husband and wife coming from different backgrounds, different wombs, different parts of the world, and they start uniting for, for about a few years. What starts happening to the two of them? What starts happening? Start looking alike. You will never agree they look alike until you look at their children. Then you say, oh, no, he looks like the father. Oh, no, he looks like the mother. No, he's like the father. Oh, no, he's like the mother. No, look at... Then you now discover that the two of them actually look alike. Why? What has been happening? They have been uniting in that body. It's practical. Praise God. Practical. Amen? Praise God. The Spirit now produces God's attitude and responses. Produces the character. Praise God. In the Spirit, Jesus Christ did some things. Let's quickly go by it. Because of our time, I'll just rush it. There was a time he sighed because he saw a deaf and dumb person. He sighed in the Spirit. The Bible also said he rejoiced. When did he rejoice in the spirit? When he saw multitude come to the knowledge of him. He rejoiced. The Bible says there was a time he groaned in the spirit. Where did he groan in the spirit? At the tomb of Lazarus. You see, he's distinguishing it from the soul. This is a spiritual thing, not a soulish thing. Praise God. Paul said, I proposed in the spirit. 
There were many decisions he made. He made them in the spirit, not in the soul. It wasn't a decision of the mind. It wasn't a decision of the mind. It was in his spirit. Praise God. I'm trusting God that God will take you there and further in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Because of our time, let me quickly go to the soul. Let's say some things about the soul, the function of the soul. We talked about the function of the spirit to be in union with it. Now the soul. And like I told you about the soul, the soul is all about is self-consciousness, right? Self. The soul says, this is what the soul, soul says, in its will. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm looking at the time. I think my time is almost will, mind, and emotions. That's what's in the soul. These three makes the soul. Okay? So in the will, what is, the vo what is he saying in the will? In the will, he's saying, the soul is saying in the will department, I want, I want, I want, I want this, I want that, I want. In the intellect department, the soul says, I think, I reason, I imagine. In the emotion department, the soul is saying, I feel. These are the three faces of the soul. Say, I feel. One is saying, I think. The other one is saying, I want. I want, I think, I feel. I, that's the ego. Ego is a Latin word for I too, ego. I'm sure you are familiar with that. <laughs> Praise God. What's the body? The body is world consciousness. It acts out the soul's decision. World consciousness. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Let's quickly see that. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. Uh, will I be able to finish this? Uh, no, no, no. i got to break it into two. Okay, we'll just stop with the body here, then I'll pick it up next time. Okay. Soul makes the decision, body acts out the decision. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2 say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, my soul now. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Do what? Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So, bless the Lord. What's telling him to bless the Lord? What's telling him to tell, bless the Lord? What is talking to his soul? His spirit is talking to his soul. His soul is now saying, bless the Lord. Praise God. His spirit was restored, not recreated. You see, some Old Testament saints, because some people have tried to argue that, that, well, Old Testament believers, did they have the spirit of God or not? Because... We are saying that the Spirit of God, they could only, only came alive after salvation. Yes, and that's true. That Spirit was recreated after salvation. But people, Old Testament saints, who 
excelled in the area of relationship with God, what happened was their own spirit was restored. Not recreated. Was restored. Praise God. I think that is the best we can, how far we can go. We'll pick it from the soul next week. Please do not miss this series. I'm sure it has blessed you today. Uh, we will take it line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, those of you who sent your questions, I promise, even if you have questions after this, you can send it. I will answer them uh, before I even start the teaching next week. God bless you. I appreciate you dearly. And thank you for tuning in. Shall we just uh, close our Bibles and uh, just lift up our hands to heaven and thank God for what we are learning today about who we are. Let's thank him about the new creation that we have become. Let's thank him for the sacrifice on the cross. Let's thank him for genuine understanding that in this season, we will truly understand what manner of persons we have become. Ask God for wisdom. Ask him for knowledge and understanding. Ask him for in-depth insight into the world that indeed these words being taught will mix with faith in your life, will mix with faith in your destiny, and will produce the intended fruits of God. Commit your household into the hands of God. Yes, your spouse. Yes, your intended spouse. Yes, your children. Yes, your intended children. Commit them into God's hand that you will build a life like the days of heaven on the earth, that God will make you indeed a vessel fit for his use, that you will understand the manner of person you have become because of his sacrifice. Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and just pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. It's a new day for you. Oh, what a new day. What a new visitation in a brand new way. I am moving forward. My home is moving forward. My life and destiny is moving forward. My children are moving forward. My household is moving forward. Things are on the better. Hallelujah. God is on my side. I cannot be denied. Hallelujah. Glory be God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Glory be to God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, because of who you are, because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will live my voice and sing. I worship you because of who you are. Let's take it again. Because, because of who you are. I give you glory because of who you are. Because of who you are, 
give you praise. Glory. Because of who you are, I will lift my eyes and sing. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah. I worship when Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah, Shalom. Oh, my Prince of Peace. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Because of who you are, Lord, I worship you. Because of who you are, hallelujah. I pray for everybody online right now. I pray for you. I pray for your household. Some deep revelations drop tonight. I pray them to mix with faith in your heart. That you will run with patience the race that is set before you. And in this season, you will make a huge discovery of who and what manner of person you have become in Christ Jesus. Not only will you make that deeper discovery, my prayer for you is that you will walk in that revelation. It will be part and parcel of your DNA. And Lord, the days of your life, you will walk in the fullness of it. Not only walking in it, every day will yield results of your identity in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Because every household in the royal house is covered. Every household in the nations of the world are covered. Everyone tuning in is a partaker of this blessing. And Lord, till next week when we come together and meet again, be with us. Let our lives continue to shine. Let our destinies continue to move forward. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.